0: It's time to start living a spiritual AF life. Get cozy. The conversation is starting now.
1: How do you open up your third eye? Where in the world do you start if you're just coming into your spiritual awakening? How do you overcome the fears of your abilities, of your intuition? How do you know if it's a demon or if it's a past loved one? How do you shield? And some more questions like this is what we are going to be talking about today on this episode. So lay back and listen to some of the most frequently asked questions that pop into my DMs all of the time. As you know, I am 100% an open book when it comes to any kind of questions that you might have about your spiritual awakening, about your psychic abilities, about your mediumship abilities, about intuition, all of that. So never hesitate to reach out to me. I'm definitely here for you. And if you don't really know my story, I just have to say that I didn't always know I had gifts. I did not grow up seeing things and feeling things. I didn't have any really weird experiences until basically I went to a psychic fair and she told me I was psychic and then one thing led to another and I started practicing it and that's the thing it's a skill that everybody has and the more effort that you put into developing the skill then the quicker that it's going to happen and the quicker that you will be able to grow and really be able to have that spiritual connection like we're talking about. However, I get the same questions all the time, and I just want to make sure that, you know, everybody can hear them just in case. You know how they say in classes sometimes, they're like, oh, don't ever think a question is stupid because somebody else is thinking the same thing. So hopefully, maybe you heard a couple of these answers, but maybe it's, This is an episode that you need to share with somebody else that's going through an awakening right now, or maybe you're going to hear some other tips, tricks, techniques, and things like that, or it's gonna be a reminder, or maybe it's just going to be something completely new for you. So let's get started right now. Okay, so the number one thing I always get is, you know, where do I start? You know, I am kind of drawn to this kind of world, and I really don't even know where to begin. It's a big world. Well, there's a couple of different options, but the main thing that's really gonna help you out once you start opening up is learning learning all about whatever interests you know that whatever interests you is interesting to you for a reason because it is like a puzzle piece that is going to lead you to finding out more about yourself and who you are and then your life purpose the reason why that you came here so some people are all into the zodiac signs and astrology not me I don't even know all 12 signs (laughs) I am working on that as we speak and some people are really drawn to like the healing arts like pranic healing and they're really drawn to Reiki and how it works, you know, and healing hands and healing touch. And they're just like, wow, I'm really fascinated by that realm. I am only a little bit fascinated by it. I am more fascinated by mediumship and talking to the past loved ones on the other side. It used to be all about spirit guides. And I also got into angels for a while. So maybe that's something that for you to really go on and explore what interests you specifically. Then what you do is once you have an understanding of what really is interesting you, what you're being guided towards, and then Go ahead, watch those YouTube videos, Google about it, take some, even some free classes, some free workshops, you know, follow some people on their social media accounts, and then see how it goes see where that leads to it might lead you to taking a workshop with them or taking a course through them or doing a one-on-one session and then just keep on following the breadcrumbs that is going to be the number one thing to do but let's say you already have an idea let's say you have you know psychic or mediumship because that's kind of like my forte And you're there. Like, yes, you're like, that's what I really want. Now what do I do? Well, still do the same thing. Take some classes, you know, take some of the courses from somebody that you feel really guided towards. Remember, you are guided to the teachers in your life for a reason. And some of the teachers are going to teach you all different kinds of things. In my experience, I have learned from so many amazing teachers and every single one of them no matter how big of a following they had no matter how famous that they were you know each one of them taught me something different and I think that you should try it out yourself by learning from somebody that might have a mass following versus somebody who has you know like a very small following doesn't really you know maybe doesn't even have that much to offer all of those teachers are going to give you a little golden nugget that can really change your life right so I want to give you an example here so a lot of us you know know Lisa Williams Lisa Williams is a famous psychic medium and I completely love her and she is one of the down to earth psychic mediums you'll ever meet she had her own show I think like in the 90s and stuff she is iconic in our world and I was learning through her and she had told me one time was that you get headaches when you connect because you're not allowing the information to come through and that one little tidbit that I got during one of her classes or whatever it was changed my whole world and the reason why it changed my whole world was because I had learned from another mentor that it meant that you weren't truly connecting that it meant that you were in your own mind and it wasn't a psychic connection. It wasn't a mediumship connection. And that really made me feel bad for the longest time because everything that I was saying resonated. Everything made sense. It felt like I was connecting. So I don't understand how it, how I still was getting headaches. Well, you get headaches because when you are connecting, that energy goes through your crown chakra. And sometimes the energy can get built up if you don't allow it out, You know, through the mouth or however. You have to express those kinds of, Emotions, you have to express that energy, if you will, and get it out. So, if you are someone who is practicing readings and things like that, making sure that you don't stop yourself all the time from getting the things that you're getting. So, sometimes we don't want to say what we're getting because we're scared. We're scared of being wrong. We're scared of, you know, people will think we're stupid and those kinds of things. But what happens then is that energy is coming from the crown chakra and then into your head, into your skull, and it's going to stay there unless you say it because you know what i I, i'm not saying because because i've already explained it but just trust me on it when you're getting those intuitive hits when you get that stuff if you're in a reading or if you're just you know living your day spiritually and you're getting those downloads if you will say them and you won't get the headaches anymore another thing that you really need to do when you are waking spiritually is going to be finding a group finding people finding your people Because you need to have other people who think like you around. So that's one of the most important things that you can do. Because what ends up happening is we already feel like outcasts because we're already drawn to spiritual and stuff right so we're drawn to tarot cards and oracle cards and things like that you might actually feel drawn to do reiki and that kind of thing and reiki is getting a little bit more a- aceptive right now like by society they're like oh yeah we uh, oracle i'm sorry not oracle cards but reiki is really cool right now so we're going to accept that and they're slowly coming along with you know tarot and oracle cards but even just saying or thinking that you're into this kind of stuff is still a little bit taboo we're getting there but it's still not right there so you will oftentimes start going down your spiritual path and then stop. And then you'll maybe years later come back to it. So we do this teeter-totter and this back and forth thing. But if you actually surround yourself with a community that has people who think just like you, you're going to see that teetering a lot less and you're going to be able to walk down your spiritual path more. And that's so important, okay? And we're going to be talking about that a little bit more because your spiritual self is not separate from you, okay? It is not separate. It is a big, huge, giant piece of you. So when you start going down your spiritual path and into your spiritual journey and all that kinds of stuff, you are putting together your whole self. I know you've heard that term before where it says you are a spiritual being having a human experience so you are a spiritual being first so that's what I'm talking about it's more than half of who you are so if you feel like something is missing in your life, if you feel like things are not falling into place, if you feel like like I said something's missing there's something up you're being called to do something bigger with your life it's because you need to go down your spiritual journey that part of you is crying out. Okay, so let's go to number two, which is how do you open up your third eye? I get this all of the time and I'm just going to be completely honest with you. I hate this question more than anything. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it because I don't know. I just, I just don't like it like that. Like I was always scared of the third eye and it's like, oh, do you want to open up your third eye? Do you not want to open up your third eye? Your third eye is a chakra. Your chakra is an energy center in your body. There's over a hundred chakras that are in your body, and then also a couple of them are outside of the body, okay? So when we talk about the heart chakra, the crown chakra, the root chakra, solar plexus, you know, the throat chakra, the third eye is one of those chakras. So these are spinning like funnels, if you will. That's kind of like what they look like. And they spin the energy around. Now... If you have a healthy body, your third eye is already spin, spinning great. It's already doing good. Okay, so ideally, we just want to have all of our chakras spinning perfectly all the time. Now, that doesn't happen because energy gets in there. It stuffs it up a little bit. It might clog it, those kinds of things. So, how do you open your third eye? Well, first off, your third eye was already open at one point. You might have gotten a lot of energy... Sp- stuck in there. Okay. And it's not really open as wide as you want it to be. But I think what a lot of people are saying a lot is how do you remove blocks from your third eye too? So this goes hand in hand, hand in hand. If you want to say the term, how do you open it? And if you want to say, how do you unblock it? I guess it's the same thing. And I'll tell you, (laughs) even though it's a chakra center and it's like already open. You got to move that energy around. It's just like your heart chakra, throat chakra and stuff like that. But if you wanted my advice on how to get that to open up a little bit more, get the energy flowing a little bit, then you have to overcome your fears because fear is the biggest thing that I've ever seen in somebody that blocks energy and blocks the flow of energy. And that makes sense because fear is one of the lowest vibrating emotions. Okay. It's, it's really down there with even grief and stuff like that. So it's a very, very lower vibrating. And what happens when things vibrate slower, that means that they can create congestion right it's very congested energy so you might have a lot of that in your third eye so how are you going to overcome your fears and that's a big question it's actually on my list and I'll talk about it now is how you overcome your fears is by basically doing what it is to overcome that fear, to learn more about it. So, so many of us are scared of something until we learn more about it and we do it, we practice it. And then all of a sudden that fear goes away. So you have to go ahead, embrace that fear, whatever that fear is telling you to do, and then do it anyways. So, maybe all of a sudden you are getting downloads, you feel like somebody's talking to you, all these kinds of things, and you get scared. Well, now, if you are going to embrace that fear and do it anyways kind of situation, you would talk back to that voice. What do you want me to say? What do you want me to do? Who in the world is talking to me? Right? Talk back to it talk back to everything, overcome that fear. Your fears are showing you where you need to go. I know it sounds so crazy, but it's 100% true. If you are scared of something, that's what you need to do. <laughs> that's where you need to go. That is that is going to show you basically the light because it's going to take you outside your comfort zone. It's going to make you grow as a person. It's going to raise your energy levels. It's going to be pretty freaking crazy. So you have to understand and you have to learn about whatever is scaring you first, and then it might be easier to take those steps. So if you are scared of psychic stuff, then you are going to learn about psychic things. Doesn't mean that you have to start doing psychic readings. Doesn't mean you have to go get a psychic reading. It just means learning about it. There is no better time to learn about this stuff than right now. There is free content all over the freaking internet so you can go ahead and learn about it learn how it works learn how the connection process is you know that kind of thing and then that will start to unblock it maybe even taking a journal and writing down why you think that you are so scared of this, and things will come out. So many of us that I have talked to, they are scared because they're scared of what people will think. They have really closed down their third eye, if you want to say that, because they were taught to trust in other people growing up and not in themselves. And you know what happened a lot of times is that the other people were wrong, and it got us hurt. And so that kind of blocks it a little bit. Or sometimes we've had situations when we grew up where we knew something bad was going to happen. We knew a person was bad, or situation was bad. We knew that something was up and it happened. And sometimes that scares us. And so we subconsciously block that from happening again, because some of us feel like we create that but we don't, you know, if anything bad happens after you felt it, it's not, you made it happen. It's that spirit was letting you know, like spirit was giving you a warning sometimes like, Hey, heads up, this is going to happen. And when that happens, it's a really good opportunity to help that relationship grow with spirit. So what I'm basically getting at is that like, I knew that my aunt Betty was going to pass away before she passed. And I didn't see that as a bad thing. I felt it like as an honor that they allowed me that information so that I could at, you know, spend more time with my aunt and I could prepare mentally, I could figure things out and those kinds of things. So I loved that. I wasn't scared because of that. That's where a lot of us have the more pessimistic way of thinking versus, you know, more optimism, you know, optimism um, kind of thinking. And I think it's so funny, though, because it's all in the way that you look at it. You know, when something happens and it's bad, so many people are just like, Oh my gosh, I knew that was going to happen. And it's so crazy and it's so scary. And I don't ever want to have that happen again. And that's one way of looking at it. But then, me, something bad happens to me, but I had a warning about it. I'm like, thank you, God. Like, thank you so much for this warning. Thank you so much for having this happen. Even when my mom passed away, you know, like I knew that she wasn't going to make it. But then, because they told me that she wasn't going to make it, that helped me out so much because then I could start slowly preparing for my family. So instead of saying to my family at the time, Oh yeah, like we're gonna get through this and this and this and this I was kind of like, Oh yeah, well you know what? If mom doesn't make it, you know, I started planting those seeds. I started playing almost like devil's advocate for mom passing away. And hopefully what that did in return was to help my family out a little bit until it was basically the last day that I seen her. And I finally told a couple of the people in my family about the signs that I've seen and told them, Hey, I'm sorry, but this is what I'm getting. And I want you to know so that you can also be prepared to say your goodbyes. And I'm happy that I said it because I believe it was that night she passed when we, um, when we left. So it's all about your perspective on things. You know, if you have dreams, that come true, you know, afterwards. And you're going to think like, Oh my God, like I jumped something bad happening and then it happened. And it's like, Oh my God, (laughs) I have had so many people reach out to me and say that. And then it's like, you're not causing that to happen. Okay. It's spirit letting you know, and even your higher self know that like, Hey, you are, you're in tuned and we got this. Like you don't have to worry. Sometimes they do bring things to you as a warning but you'll know, like you'll have this feeling and they'll give you actual real steps to take to help it not happen, right? So for example, you might have a dream that, you know, maybe someone in your in your house has like a heart attack or something. And so maybe that could be a warning that, you know, to help them get their diet on track, to go to the doctors, you know, those kinds of things. And then it's up to that soul, to that person, if they're going to follow that guidance or not. And that's not on you. That's between him and God. But sometimes God will step in with you and be like, hey, if you want to give him a heads up, you know, some SHIT is about to go down and you might be able to help him out. So, you know, give him a little nudge because he ain't listening to us. So just kind of look at it more like that. Look at yourself and people around you as players in a video game. We take life way too serious and life is delicate and life is precious, but it's just, it's getting taken way too seriously and we need to lighten up a little bit and we need to like not be so fearful around all the spiritual stuff. If you didn't get to attend my overcoming your spiritual fears workshop, then, um, I will put my, a link in the show notes to reach out to me and I will send it to you. I'll send you like the replay and everything. And so that goes into more details on why you should never be afraid. And you know what? I actually think I made it into a podcast. So I should be able to put that link um, to the podcast episode um, of that in the show notes. And it's also on YouTube too. So you can actually see the slides that I use. Sometimes a visual helps you out a lot. But um, one more thing about overcoming the fear Know where your fear is coming from because it can be from your family members. It can be from your friends. It could be from like those seeds that were planted when you were a kid. But it's also planted in us because of society and all of the crazy movies that are out lately. And it's just... OMG, WTF! And if you haven't listened to that recent podcast episode that I did about, um, you know, religion and the media and how they're portraying psychics and mediums and stuff like that, that would be a really good one, too, to tune into so you can, like, really understand that there's really nothing to be afraid of. Okay. All right. We're going to go on to the next one, which kind of goes right into exactly what we were talking about right now is how do you know it's not a demon? Oh my God. I'm just going to die right now. Okay. In that overcoming spiritual fears, I break it down a little bit more on how I know it's not a demon. Okay. But here's my thing. I always, I love this spirit downloaded this into my mind. And it's like the perfect freaking saying it just encompasses like everything. And that is when people say, Oh, how do you know it's not a demon? Then I'm like, how, when you pray to God, how do you know it's him? (laughs) Like, it's the exact same concept. How do people that go to church, how do people who are so devout in the Bible and things like that, how do they know that it is God that they are praying to? How? I can only think of one way, and that is through intention. That they are setting the intention that they are calling upon God, their God. So the exact same thing. I am setting the intention when I do readings that I am only connecting to, are you ready? 100% love and light and only the past loved ones of the people that I am going to read for that day. They're the only ones that allow to give me guidance for my sitter's highest good. And I set that intention. I set the intention out loud. I make it extremely clear. Spirit, God, past loved ones, all the demons too. They all know my rules. All right. They all know my rules. They ain't coming in. I I I'm not very fun with demons, okay? Do they exist? Yes. It's extremely rare. It's extremely rare that you're gonna run into them. In fact, a majority of the the grumpy bad ghosts that you see out there, the freaking they're freaking humans that used to live and they were grumpy buttholes, okay? And guess what? They're grumpy buttholes now in real life. Okay. Not in real life, but like if they haunt you and stuff like that, there's nothing to be afraid of. They're literally just like toddlers sometimes. Okay. You just gotta be a little stern and strict with them. Okay. So that's how I know it's not a demon. All right. It's not a demon. Okay. And so another question is how, you know, what can I do if I don't, if I can't meditate? That's the first question. What can I do if I can't meditate? Okay. Then you just have to take the one of the basic premises of meditation, which is mindfulness, okay? So a lot of meditation is about being mindful. You know, paying attention to your breath as you breathe in. And then when you exhale, all those things. Like even using mala beads. That's a form of mindfulness. So if you don't have time to meditate, then you have to try and make more time through your day to be mindful. So this can be like just when you're driving. How many of you have had that problem where you're just driving and you have no idea how you even got to where you're on, where where you got to. You're like, I don't even remember driving at all. Like, this is crazy. Like you just go on autopilot. We need to do less of autopilot. We have to be in the present in our life a lot more. Like in all of the words that we say and all the movements, like for me, I have this horrible problem of running into all my furniture, like all the time. I just run into it. I run into a chair. I run into a freaking table. Seriously. Have you ever woken up with bruises and you don't know how, you, how it got there? Like, that's what I'm talking about. It's because we're so on autopilot or so inside of our mind that we're literally bashing our body against counters and stuff like that, and getting bruises and not even remembering how in the world they got there. Okay. So it's kind of crazy. And the less that you do that, then the more mindful that you're going to be. And when you're more mindful, then what ends up happening is that you create the space in between thoughts and that gives ro- room for spirit to get a word in edgewise. So think about it this way, your spiritual connection, your intuition, whatever you want to call it. Okay. Just imagine that it's in a room and it's in the back part of the room, but in the front part of the room is this big, crazy party and everybody's crazy and they're having a great old time and the music's really loud. Well, now you can't really hear your intuition and your psychic abilities and stuff like that because they're pushing the back of the room. So you need to clear out some of those people in the front and, you know, turn the music off so you can hear them. And the people and the music in this analogy, they're your thoughts. So we got to get rid of some of them. That's the reason why I'm a big fan of making to-do lists and journaling things out, you know, expressing yourself, like getting them out so that you can start hearing the back of the room. Okay, so now the other person's like, but what if I don't have time to meditate? So whether you can't meditate or you don't have time, then do it all throughout your day. Your spiritual self and your regular self are the same. They shouldn't be separate, okay? I'm not a big fan of... You know, only going your meditation pillow for 15 minutes of the day and then you F your spiritual self for the rest of the day. No, it has to be all-encompassing, okay? If you want to do a meditation practice, have a little ritual, do it. That's awesome. That's amazing, especially if it really makes you feel good. But you can be more mindful throughout the day. I meditate while driving. That's what I tell people. But what I do is I'm in the lane, I'm feeling my hands on the steering wheel, and I'm just concentrating on the road and on driving. And anytime that my thoughts wander away to my groceries, my family, my friends, you know, something that I did in freaking sixth grade, right? I just bring my attention and my awareness back to the steering wheel, to the lights. To the cars, and I just start practicing and doing it that way. The, the driving is going to be the biggest thing, but even when you're going throughout your day, when you're going up the steps, feel your body move, feel your feet on each step. When you are cooking dinner, when you are eating, specifically when you're eating, that is a perfect time to meditate and be more mindful. Okay, so paying attention to every single bite I have had so many foods that I just gobbled up and I wanted to taste it so bad, but I ate the whole thing with on autopilot and I didn't even realize it to where I didn't even feel full anymore. I was like, oh my God, I feel like I haven't ate, but where did my food go? Like it was just on my plate two seconds ago. I don't have a dog, you know, so where in the world did it go? So it also helped you enjoy your food a lot more. All right, so that's another way that you can get that in there. But I have to tell you, though, one more thing, though. What you're more resistant to is what you need more of. So if you are like me, and I do not want to meditate, I do not like meditating, you need to meditate, okay? You need to do it. I used to meditate for like 5, 10 minutes on my lunch break in my car. All right. That's my first start of my spiritual journey. That's what I would do. I would meditate when I'm in the doctor's office waiting for my appointment. All right? That's a great time to meditate. I would meditate even when I was on the phone on hold forever. And what you just do is that you just pay attention to yourself. You can pay attention to your heartbeat if you want. You can pay attention to your breathing. And at any time your thoughts wander away, you're going to bring yourself back to what you are focusing on. And you're just going to keep on doing that. It's going to be very uncomfortable. If it's extremely uncomfortable for you in the beginning, I hate to say this to you, and I'm sorry in advance, but you're just a little out of shape, okay? Your brain's a little out of shape. And we just got to get it stronger. It's like going to the gym. Meditation is going to the gym for your brain. Another question that I get asked all the time is, how do you shield? So it's like, how do you shield your energy? And it's all about intention. And you can just imagine that a golden white light is around your aura. And then you you say something along the lines of, like, I only allow 100% love and light come to my space. And I actually talk about it more in my book, Anxiety to Angels. I'll link in the show notes. And you're going to want to look at chapter one. Okay. But basically you just set the intention that you're going to shield yourself and you just say, okay, this is what I want. You can imagine how our colors, all different kinds of things. You can even put your phone in a shield of this bad energy coming from that, or even like your TV, any kind of electronics. Okay. So that is that answer. And then here's a couple other ones too. All right. So how do I stop doubting signs like that you're getting? Like you might get signs and then people look at you like you're crazy. People don't agree with you. People think like you're weird, whatever it is. And honestly, the the easiest and the easiest, easiest, easiest way to overcome doubting signs is to trust in them, trust in them and believe in them, talk back to them, ask them for more signs, because then what ends up happening is that you just get so much evidence that there's way more going on here than just a freaking coincidence. To where your head is spinning, it feels like you're on a roller coaster and you're like, is this seriously my life right now? Is this truly what's going on? That things just keep on piling up like this and it's kind of scary too, but it's also kind of exciting as well. So that is how you do it. You definitely just have to 100% Start believing in them. And then if you have a spiritual buddy to be your sounding board, that's going to help out a lot. I also tell people, too, sometimes writing those signs down and the coincidences and things like that or the hits that you get, sometimes that really helps out because that's going to be ammo for your ego. Okay, so a couple more tips before I let you go, though. These aren't really questions, but these are things that I think that will help you out. So is, what do numbers mean? So this is a big one that I see all across the board. And so it's like, oh, what does 333 mean? What does 444 mean? And those kinds of things. And you can go ahead and look them up online. But here's the thing is that you need to create your own spiritual language. You need to create your own Basically, dictionary with spirit. You need to be like, okay, this number means this. That number means this. This number means it's this person. This number means it's that person. And not just people, but spirit guys and angels. So anytime that I see 444, I know that's my angels. That 100% that's my angels. And then, but I know if I see 83, that's my grandmother. I know if I see 713, that's my mom. So it's like a kind of assign, assign them numbers. And you can assign them, you know, animals too. They just want to have a dialogue with you. So it's kind of like whatever you want goes, you know, you tell them what your language is and then they give it back to you. Now I'm just going to go over just a couple of the most common numbers just in case it's like bothering you. Okay, so 111. 1111, those are all talking about, you know, being one with God and the creator. It is talking about nothing is better than or less than you. Okay. It's helping you not to judge yourself too harshly or other people. And that's what really it's about. It's a very powerful number out of all the numbers. I say 1111 and 111 are like, the most, the biggest. They can also symbolize new beginnings. All right. So two, two, twos, all those twos, there's about coming together. Okay. It's about reuniting, trusting in the process. Things are going to be falling into place. Three, three, three is all about expansion. And to me, it always reminds me of the ascended masters, which can be, you know, like Buddha, Kuan Yin, Jesus, Krishna, you know, all those, um, ascended masters, And it's a very high vibrating number. It's one of my favorite numbers. I absolutely love it. I do not see it very often at all. But it's really talking about expansion. So making sure that when you see that, you are not, like, what is it called? Being closed-minded. That you are not selling yourself short. That you are really going to be taking those chances and those opportunities. Okay? So 444, for me, is all about the angels. But... If you look in a lot of the literature, you're going to see that four talks about security, talks about money, talks about finances, okay? And so a lot of times it talks about setting a foundation as well to something that you are currently building. So don't rush the process, all right? Just trust, trust, trust. All right, right, five 555s. Five, Usually the fives, that means that movement is happening or movement needs to happen. The sixes are all about balance. If you see the 666, right, sometimes that's a lucky number. Just saying. But sixes are all about balance. So that means see what's on your workload, see if you need to balance it out. Are you doing all work and no play? Got to take care of yourself. All right, 777 is a very, very lucky number, and it is all about spirituality. I actually don't see seven a lot. I don't really hear a lot of other people doing it, but it's a very spiritual number. And so it's basically talking about getting in touch with your spiritual self, your spirit guides, and your past loved ones. Eights are all about abundance. So you have the 888. This is going to be talking about manifesting and abundance and, like, just so much fun. And if you are seeing a lot of 8s, definitely, 100% go ahead and make sure that your thoughts, your words, your actions are aligning with what you do want, not not what you don't want, okay? You got to set the premise, okay? You got to be like this is what I do want, okay? <laughs> so just kind of keep that in the back of your mind. You got to make sure that your thoughts are on point and that you're not going to be manifesting anything bad, okay? And what I mean more trouble and challenges. But, okay, so nines are all about endings, and then ones are about new beginnings. So you see how it comes full circle? It's kind of interesting, isn't it? And now you need to make sure that you assign one number, okay, to either a past loved one or an angel or your spirit guide. So 713 is my mom's favorite number, and that's why I use that one with her. 1986 is my grandfather's number, so when I see that, I think of him because he passed in 1986, so you go ahead and you try this out. Let me know how it goes, and then I want you to talk back to the numbers, and ask them for more signs, ask them for how they're doing, ask them for advice on your life, or ask them for even more confirmation that it's them. All right. Well, I hope that you enjoyed this spiritual FAQ. And if there is a question that I didn't answer, then feel free to hit me up at gmail.com. and of course. Of course, I think that if you made it this far, you definitely have to check out the Coffee and Cards Club because it will encompass everything that you need to get started in your intuitive abilities, psychic abilities, and we just have a really great group that together and I think that if you're listening to this, that's something you need to check out. I'll leave the link in the show notes and I'll see you next time.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the Spiritual AF Life Podcast. You'll find all the links to resources and more in the show notes. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss out on the incredible episodes that are coming up.